in the rain in a suit My feet torn up on my father's shoes Receipts and cars tumble out of my pocket To the floor of a station I still don't have a wallet I'm a flight of stairs to Herald Square The umbrellas of New York take up too much air So we just walk real slow Hello and welcome, children, to the Optic Blast Book Club, the show in which one of your hosts chooses a graphic novel or collected edition, and we descend upon its carcass to pick it apart like the ravenous vultures that we are. Be warned, there will be spoilers. We will start the podcast by giving our general thoughts about the book, but after that we will head into spoiler territory. If you'd like to join the book club, check out our website at optic-media.com slash podcast for updates on the books that we'll be talking about, so be sure to read those before the show. I am your host, Brian West. With me, as always, is Miguel Silva. Hey, hey. And Pedro Silva. Yes. How are you doing, guys? Yes. Pretty good. Ooh, off script. <laughs> yeah. This month, we are going to discuss Rocketeer, Cargo of Doom by Mark Wade, drawn by Chris Somney, and colors by Jordi Belair. So, guys, Rocketeer, Cargo of Doom, what'd you think? It was pretty to look at. It's it was very pretty to look at. It was, very, uh, it was yeah. very, very pretty I'll say right now, I don't want to read another Rocketeer book if it's not drawn by Chris Somney. This is true. Really, because Dave Stevens' original stuff is pretty amazing. No, I'm, I'm sure it is. I was flipping through the artist edition because oh, yeah. I'm kind of a big deal, and I wanted to be prepared. Yes. So the artist edition's amazing, but we're not talking about that. We're right. talking about the new incarnation. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, we, we talked about it, it did look pretty. I had fun reading it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, Petey Fuck did not. You, Petey. I, I had fun. I just, I don't know. This is sort of on the flip side from what we were talking about with I Kill Giants. How sure. I Kill Giants is something where you can read it and it's enriching. Right. This is not. Is not. You're probably not going to gain any like <laughs> new perspectives about your existence uh, or no. or international politics or anything like that. But it's really, really a lot of fun. It was oh, yeah, one of the nice. most fun books that came out last year. Uh, now I'm saying. That was to say, here we go with the fun again. It's fun and funny, guys. <laughs> it's fun and funny. <laughs> but no, yeah, you don't need to be philosophical and no. And but I think I by my, my only problem with it, if we, we get the criticisms out of the way first, basically. Well, we're just gonna give some yeah. general thoughts uh, well, before I, we delve into it. I just think don't a lot do of things are. Spoilers. You can you can be a ton of fun and like not you know just very light and fun, but also have memorable characters and good dynamics. And I I can't tell you any of the characters' names right now. And I just read it. I would disagree with you on that because I really love the characters in this book. You love them. I love. Them. You love love yes. them. <laughs> You'd marry one of them, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, are you gonna marry a pencil or a carrot? You gonna marry a <laughs> carrot? Uh, yeah. Well, I kind of agree with Petey in that I don't. The, the characters are really what killed yeah. it for me too. Okay, well, fair enough. We'll get into that a little bit more. Yeah, well, um, I guess then, obviously, the one thing that we can agree on is that Chris Somney is maniac. A maniac. Oh, he's, he's an amazing. insanely talented yeah. artist. Right That's before awesome. this, actually, I was flipping through it and I, I was telling PD, I'm like, it's not even fair. Yeah, he's no, so good. No, yeah, the art is is tremendous. Although, I mean, to be fair though, like I think if it wasn't colored the way it was. I wouldn't like it nearly as much. Yeah, Jordi Belair is yeah. just as big a part of yeah. the the package of this book. She really her coloring on the book. It's she uses a very different 
color palette in each scene to like highlight the emotional tension mm-hmm. or highlight different aspects of the story. Yeah, which, but it still has an overarching like style and yeah. color palette. It's really really impressive. She also uses a lot of texturing that kind of it feels very evocative of the time. It mm-hmm. has that Art Deco kind of vibe, those yeah. splotchy sort of texture she gives a lot of the backgrounds. Yeah. I think, well, everyone should know that we like, we do have a, a mad on for Jordi Bello's colors. Yeah. If you've been listening to the podcast from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Especially that first favorites. episode, I think yeah. we mentioned Jordi Bello <laughs> uh, quite a lot. Five times. Yeah. She so she's good, folks. the she's, shit out of me. She works good. so much. I remember on Twitter a while ago, she posted like her time clock. She has a time clock uh-huh. app on her computer and it was... Something absurd, like 80 or 90 hours Lord. in one week, and she was saying that that was a light week for her, <laughs> which makes sense because she colors everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> if it exists, she colors it. Exactly. <laughs> everything that looks great. I mean, there are other great colorists out there, but her work on this in particular, I was aware of her before this book, but this one really make me, made me take notice. <laughs> it's It's really good. <laughs> Sorry, they're laughing at something. Uh, There's an automatic piano here that just says "funt" as some dude kicks a rocketeer it off a sounds, plane. I, I hear it. I funt. I like it. Um, anyway, and it works really well with Chris Omni's style. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. So we can agree. We're saying first off, read the if not pick up the book and read it simply because the art and colors. It's pretty to look at. Yeah, and it got me turning. I mean, I just wanted. I wanted to keep reading because I wanted to see what next like set piece was going to be uh-huh. set up that was just going to look really cool yeah and be like i think awesome. i got a little bit more out of it than you guys i would highly recommend it just in general but a huge draw is chris somni at this point i will buy anything that chris somni draws uh-huh. if he started doing i don't know my little pony friendship is magic actually i would really like to yeah see that. i think we'd all like to, see that. Like to see that <laughs> i would buy it i would buy the shit out of that i forgot that this pony. island is shaped like a skull, and that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, we're gonna get back to the island yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Initial impressions. Then we're on. It looked really cool. Yes. Uh, but story. So me and PD seem divided from you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not even the, the story really. Like the story is serviceable. Like it's all it needs to be to, for having to be fun. It's just that like, like the the character ideas and tropes themselves are fun, and they're all ones I like. Except I I just don't know why. I, I didn't care. Like I don't I don't know what it was. Like 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 all the all the like the main like what like I guess four main characters that are like good guys. I was like all right mm-hmm. I like them, but I don't know. There was no like dialogue that made me care. Or, like I don't know. Well yeah. So we get we get in a second the story. Yeah. The story we should lay it out in case people are wondering. Yeah. Uh, it's called Rocketeer Cargo of Doom. Because there is <laughs> this cargo, some cargo that is of doom. It's of doom that's it's being transported to L.A. Or he's in L.A. They're out of L.A. Yeah, they're yeah. in transit. They've come from an island right. where they've got this secret cargo of doom. And the doom. island was shaped like a skull. That, the island was definitely shaped like a skull. Uh-huh. They're heading to New York City to deliver the cargo, and they stop in the L.A. Right. area where the captain or sort of captain of the ship finds out that the Rocketeer is in the area and that he has a jetpack. <laughs> right, and he and wants... And he decides that he wants that yeah, jetpack for it, an extremely really nefarious purpose. <laughs> yes. That leads us to the best panel of the book. Oh, uh-huh. clearly the best panel yeah. of the book. Yeah. We're not spoil it now. We'll warn you before we spoil. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, so that's the story. It's them trying to get the, the rocket from Cliff. Yes. 
So there, and that's it. That's the story. Meanwhile, there's a little bit of an examination of the Betty Cliff Secord relationship uh, with a new character. Uh, okay, we'll get, get. Should we go into that then? Should we go into the characters? Because this is my main problem with the book. See, I didn't have the same problem you had, but I, I know that you didn't like Betty. Yeah, um, no, I like I Betty. There's two. There's two women. Uh-huh. Not even two women. One girl and one woman. Mm-hmm. That's this entire okay. story, and they're both horrible, horrible people. I love Sally. She's okay. She's not. She's not a horrible person, but it's like, oh, she's a girl, and she's got feelings for Cliff, and she doesn't well, know she's... how to handle him, so she's yeah. just like jealous of everything. Sally's not jealous. Yes, she's she is. just upset but like she storms out she storms out of places because like betty no so does sally it's like oh like betty's here and she's giving cliff a kiss and betty and cliff are dating watch i don't know i just felt sorry for i felt they did a good job of i don't know it was very empathetic towards her but she's supposedly old enough to be an awesome mechanic and enlist in the army or whatever at the end but she's not old enough to like just get those feelings under control they made her 18 i was but i never i never like would like storm out of a place were you an 18 year old girl in in alternate universe 1940 yeah Fair enough, but this is also in a style of, of the time. Yeah. And well, I just didn't get her characterization in that sometimes she's old enough to like do these things, but then other times she's just like there emotionally was, like stunted. There was a weird thing. I think that they decided to make her older somewhere along the line, because uh-huh. if you look at her in the first issue, and then you look at her in the second issue, especially when this was coming out monthly, I was picking it up in the second issue, I was like, wait a tick. Yeah, I, uh-huh. she is way older in the second issue, so I think the first issue kind of throws that whole idea off. I guess because yeah. in issues two, three, and four, or chapters two, three, and four in this case, um, she's obviously a lot older. Yeah, yeah, I did okay. notice that. But then, so that's fine. That's her. But then you have Betty, who was offensive to me because her character <laughs> is just like you know marching into places yeah. going, Cliff Secord, you get back here right now, like kind of like just. A stereotypical like crazy harpy. jealous. She's a fucking harpy in this. She is, and I don't disagree with you necessarily. <laughs> but something you have to understand going into this is that this is supposed to be an inverse of their general relationship. Whereas in the original comics, it was always Cliff who was constantly jealous, stalking her, and being just an all-around terrible boyfriend. She would get mad at him, you know, and act like pretty stereotypical of the time uh-huh. but it's him that was always jealous so i think this is like this uh-huh. is playing off that idea and flipping it where she's actually jealous of uh-huh. him okay but i well, know you know who didn't get that i'm not saying that me. that completely yeah. excuses it because for me personally i don't like betty either uh-huh. uh, well, I, I just feel like it's time for her to grow up well yeah it, her whole arc offended me in this because then at the end it's like cliff being like see bitch I was playing you, <laughs> and I was doing it to teach you a lesson. And she's like, "Oh, Cliff, you're right." And guys, then they like fly off into guys, the sunset. We can't swear on this podcast. I'm trying to get the clean tag. Oh, I'm just kidding. Okay, good. Fuck shit. Fuck that <laughs> nonsense. No, but so that's how that's how I felt. And then it was just like I don't know. It kind of offended me and that the two the two female characters were both just like super caricatures, had uh-huh. no depth. Well, and no just, one in this comic book has depth. Well, if they didn't. But the two female characters just lived to annoy Cliff. Like, that was their uh-huh. purpose, essentially, in this whole story, was <laughs> have, to annoy have him. have a point. I wouldn't say that nobody has depth. They're not realistic. That doesn't mean that they don't have depth. Name, give me an example of depth. 
uh, well, I love. I mean, I love Cliff, Cliff Secord in general as a character. Okay. In the, okay, but in this in the series of just this okay. graphic novel, yeah, no, there's a really cool example of him. I love him because he's heroic, but he's just enough of a hero. He's not, you know, he's not Superman. He he doesn't have this strong moral code that he's reciting to everybody. He doesn't have a mission statement. But when things come down to it, he does the right thing. That still doesn't make him above being clumsy, doing stupid things, saying stupid things, letting his emotions take control of him. And that's him in a nutshell. He sort of leaps before he looks. Hey, this is, everything you just said now is pretty pretty common hero. I don't think so. I agree. With, I agree with Brian. I I did like that about. I him. think it it's endearing. There's there's a great page oh, yeah, in there is, actually but... that I took note of where it's right after the dinosaurs escape. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they're fucking. <laughs> Just in case. It's right after the dinosaurs escape. He is on the street in L.A. and a bunch of crowds go, "Oh, it's the Rocketeer! You're gonna save yeah, us!" And I he like goes, that part. You yeah. want me to save you from dinosaurs? With a jetpack? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a panel of them just staring at him yeah. blankly. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's just and like, he's of, like, of course. I mean, yeah. how would you like me to save <laughs> you from the dinosaurs? Which is praise to Mark Wade because that's a really funny, sort of fun moment in the book, and it's told really well by Chris Somney. But it also is, it's that character. It's that's uh-huh. him, and he's not the man with the answers. He's not the person with the plan. Okay, and, and then give me not... uh, give me a character that's not the main character that has any depth. Then, exactly. Well, Sally does. No, considering really. how little she's in it, she does. I, I mean, I really feel for Sally. That's like, not the same. I as... wanted to give Sally a big old hug, tell her that it's. Gonna but it's not be the same as right. being like. She's okay, a one di- one dimensional. Fair character. enough, but it's a very plot driven book. Yeah, and so I, I and I get and the plot. <laughs> no. I don't mean that it's plot heavy. No, it's yeah, plot no. driven. Yeah, There's right. different it's... types of writing. Yeah, and you can write from where do my characters want to take the story? Right. Or you can build a story and be like, okay, how do these yeah. characters and fit into this? This, this story world? is dinosaurs. Well, the yeah. story is dinosaurs, and that's it's cool. I do. Yeah, no, it's. Fine. I did. I didn't. I didn't hate the book. Like no, I said. me neither. Not I did like it in that it's still. Oh, I don't want to use the word fun. It's adventurous, and it, it is a it is a serial, you know, pulpy, like uh-huh. yeah. action adventure. Just you know, like I said, there's fucking dinosaurs in it. So yeah. right, that's cool, and but that's like, really cool. And it and the second half of the book, at least the third the third issue is just like all action and him dealing with the dinosaurs, and it's really cool. Oh it's, yeah, it's super awesome. Yeah, they blow up a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, like. And then its legs are just still there. Yeah, I did. Oh, I did like that he had Everything no qualms about pieces. just frying those. Yeah, he yeah. With the <laughs> killed a bunch of dinosaurs. He does tell one of them sorry. He does. He says, Poor dumb bastard, uh-huh. you got a chance or something like that. Okay, so then now that we've got that yeah. out of the way, we should say again. I guess we're gonna have to add a spoiler yeah. alert earlier, but now super spoilers, so we can talk about the rest of the book. Yeah. The cargo uh, is dinosaurs. The cargo, the cargo dinosaurs. is dinosaurs. Actually, I guess the last point I wanted to bring up was, I guess, more in what I was talking about was like you can still do this exact type of thing, but still have it be funner characters and like have it work better. Like, look at like the easiest comparison is Sky Captain. I was going to for bring lots that of up. obvious reasons, but at least in that, like Julan, uh, Goop, Gwyneth Paltrow, G- Gwyn- yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. Like, at least their dialogue was fun and like it, it made you have fun with them more so than this does in any circumstance, I think. Like, yeah. I don't agree with that. I think it's a matter of taste at this point. I don't know. I just, 
I agree. I, so. I really love the Rocketeer yeah. and love the character, so no, it's possible I, that I could have just been yeah. more drawn See, to I, it. See, I if I, I I know that if I like had had was more familiar with it, this would be mm-hmm. a lot funner to me, and I wish I was. Yeah, but I, I kind of after reading this, I kind of want to. You like, should because Rocketeer. I guess I'll get into this a little bit, but I don't want to go on too long. For those of you who don't know, uh, Dave Stevens, the creator of Rocketeer, died of hairy cell leukemia uh, in the mid-90s. And after he died, nobody did anything with his character. He was really, except for a few small basic appearances, Dave Stevens was the only one who did Rocketeer stories. Mm -hmm. It was his things. He created it. And IDW got the rights, and people were very worried about what was going to be produced, because everything before that had been quality. And mm-hmm. they really went out of their way to get, like, the best talents to do these new Rocketeer stories, and they were amazing. And then going forward, they got Mark Wade and Chris Somney to do a book, and as things stand now, everything that the Rocketeer has been in is really, really good. And they get people to work on them who understand the character, understand, like, the story and the mood that should be mm. um, portrayed in this, like everything with Rocketeer is worth checking out at least. But anyway, Petey had some ridiculous point he wanted to make. <laughs> so much that he had to in- interrupt your story. Doesn't that look like a brontosaurus? No, it looks like a thumb pushing no, a button. No, it really doesn't. That red part's the eye. That's its mouth. So wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Brian was in the middle of telling the story, and you felt the need to interrupt him. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. Panel I didn't and mean to say, interrupt. does that look like a brontosaurus? It's, for- it's foreshadowing. <laughs> what the it hell? Is. Um, oh my god! On the note of people staying true to characters, that is one thing I really like <laughs> about Mark Wade's script. One thing I really like about Mark Wade's script, he catches the mood of Rocketeer, but he doesn't feel constrained by it. This story gets wackier than the Dave Stevens Rocketeer stuff. Mm-hmm. There's not like dinosaurs running around and psychic people and crazy stuff like that in the original stories. And this has all that, but he borrows from sort of a bunch of different things and builds it in to the Rocketeer. And I think it's something where if maybe you read it a synopsis on paper before it came out, you'd be like, "Oh, I don't I don't know if I like that idea." But it's it's really good. It works. I love the villain also in this book <laughs> the master yes for a couple quick reasons <laughs> one his evil plan once he finds out that the rocketeer is yes. in town is he's gonna delay his shipment to a guy who's gonna pay him a boatload of money mm-hmm. a mysterious figure so he can get a rocket pack now what he is going <laughs> to do with that rocket pack how he thinks this is gonna be so worthwhile is he'll then be able to create many rocket packs that are dinosaur-sized, and strap them to dinosaurs. This is why he's jeopardizing his whole plan mm-hmm. and ridiculous amounts of money so he can get jetpacks to put them on yeah. dinosaurs. Like, can I can I read what he says? Oh, yes, yeah, please, please do. This is, this is his, his voiceover <laughs> for the picture of dinosaurs with rockets. He says, <laughs> Imagine these creatures of a bygone era rampaging through the beating heart of modernism that is Manhattan. <laughs> Next panel, now imagine them with rockets. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really can't look at without laughing. My favorite is the T-Rex who has a rocket pack who's grabbing the train with his, yeah, with his feet yeah. and like lifting it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> how would they know how to use the rocket pack? I don't know. 
But they all, I like the, there's a brontosaurus just kind of going horizontal through the panel. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. His big long neck and he's got a rocket pack and he's just flying. I've read this book, collectively this <laughs> series, I've read it four times and flipped through it many times. And every time I see that, I laugh. Yeah. It's so awesome. And, and that's, but that's, that's Wade and Somni, but a lot of Somni. What I did like that Som, I'm, I'm assuming was Somni is when the rocketeer lands on the boat and or this scene right here. And they find him, they beat him up, and they take him to the master. That the the huge guy is wearing the rocketeer's yeah. helmet on yeah. his head, but like it doesn't fit, so it's yeah. just kind yeah. of like it just looks like a stupid hat. Yeah, just like yeah, I yeah. thought that was this is a funny. great little touch. Mm-hmm. The other thing I wanted to bring up about the villain is so right after he reveals, oh, I'm sorry, this is right before before he reveals his plan, his unveiling when he goes to like find the rocketeer, what his plan is. Is he just shows up outside of the airport hangar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's standing on top of an airplane yeah. with a hook and rope. <laughs> That's right. He goes to fight a rocket man yeah. with a hook and rope, and he's wearing a suit that looks like Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is all very true. <laughs> uh-huh. It's fucking amazing. It's and cool. he wins. He does. He does win. He, he does. wins. Yeah. I like he that part, too. He uses the hook and goes rocketeer. One fishing. shots him, too. <laughs> yeah. Like the rocketeer flying no at chance. him, and in, in one... <laughs> One movement, he's able to grab the rocket with the hook and then pull the rocketeer yeah. onto the the, uh, the wing of the it's, plane. It's pretty amazing. I think that was definitely the first moment in the series when it was coming out where I was like, yeah, this is probably one of my favorite things this year. <laughs> this is why they call him the master. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think that, does anyone have anyone else, anything else they want to say about? Oh, yeah. Like, follow up? Okay. <laughs> Good. Go. Um, <clears throat> well, more on... More on Chris Somney. I really, really love Chris Somney, guys. Yeah. I, he he makes me... His line work is so good. He makes me want to draw. Whenever <laughs> I look at his drawings, I'm like, I gotta go draw. Because there's something in his line work that's so inspiring. It It's so natural. He, he is also a brush inker, I'm pretty sure. It's so natural, and it has so much character. Like, every line is just oozing with gesture and character and loveliness. He balances blacks really well. He's got a great sense of shadow and lighting. He uses a lot of negative space, especially to define the backgrounds mm-hmm. or static objects, inanimate objects, I should say, are usually defined with just the shadows. And there's especially, there's a splash page where I think it's uh, the villain, the master, when he first lights the jetpack out. And it's so ridiculously detailed, the background. I would say that Chris Somney is a cartoonist, but he still has very realistic lighting, very real expressions on his characters, and extremely detailed and in-depth backgrounds. They're not panels like a lot of comic book artists, maybe even really talented ones who are good storytellers. There's a lot of blank panels that are just filled in with color in Mm -hmm. comics in general. And this came out as a monthly book. And Chris Somney, on Daredevil as well, always just packs his scenes full of props. Yeah. Um, there's so much depth to his work. Hear that, Rob Liefeld? <laughs> <laughs> Put some fucking backgrounds in your panels once in a while. But yeah, I agree. Uh, his art it is it, yeah, it is very cartoony, but then not super yeah. detailed. I was also especially, I'm always especially um, impressed by his faces. Mm-hmm. Really good facial expressions. And just his flow... Of panel to panel, I find very easy yeah. to read and very easy to follow. Yeah. Which is what a lot of my uh, criticisms when I'm reading comics, if I don't like it, 
a lot of times it's because you can't tell it's going. Yeah, you yeah. don't know scene to scene. Like, wait, how did? Why yeah, are they I hate when now comics and... have like crazy like radical panel design where some panels will like go across yeah both pages and then like just. And he even does get fancy, but you're able to easily follow. Yeah, that's the... I'm a big fan of grids in general and straightforward Mm -hmm. panel layouts. I like when people get really crazy, too, sometimes, but you have to really know what you're doing. And I think that people kind of use it as a crutch. Like, go on DeviantArt right now and look at (laughs) amateur artist comic pages, and there's so much... Oh, what if, like... The panel is intestines, and you're like, settle down. (laughs) But (laughs) really, go check it out. (laughs) People bash on grids, but, you know, Dave Gibbons did Watchmen with essentially a nine-panel grid. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the best things ever. Yeah, no, grids, especially for the Rocketeer, you have to do grids. You can't be doing crazy stuff for this Saturday morning cartoonish type of thing yeah i i love this comic all right so brian's <laughs> brian's a definite buy it definite right buy it buy it buy 10 copies of it give it to your friends give it to your friends this would be another thing there's a little bit of blood in this um and i guess there's some allusions to sexuality yeah but <laughs> very i would say one. that this is definitely appropriate for children <laughs> yeah yeah unless they up. really love dinosaurs because he straight up. smokes maybe dinosaurs even eight and up if you yeah. want, if you're a cool uncle or yeah, something, or a cool aunt, I'm sorry. Buy this for a seven or eight year old kid. Yeah. Uh, if you're a parent, you know, maybe wait till they're yeah. ten. I don't think away. people. I don't think kids like dinosaurs anymore. Really? That's too bad. It's like a '80s, '90s thing. Oh, I think they're coming back. Are they coming back? back? Coming back in a oh, big way. That's another little thing I wanted to mention. Is I love that the dinosaurs look like they were drawn. They're drawn to look like they're made out of clay. Yeah, they like, yeah I don't like I their Ray Harryhausen <laughs> yeah models. They, they don't look like who we yeah. should give a shout out to. Rest yeah, and there's even a East. yeah R.I.P. Uh, really though, great guy. Um, <laughs> like I knew him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they've been mentioned in this book somewhere that they got the dinosaurs from the same island that King Kong was from. They do. Who Ray they... Harryhausen did the effects for? Right. So they're very much clay dinosaurs. Yeah, which is awesome. awesome. The dinosaurs look great. Even the dinosaurs have cool facial expressions. And it's just like old movies, how they vary in size, basically depending on what you need them to do for the story. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are ridiculously large. Hey, right here, hasn't did the original King Kong? Yeah. You sure about that? Yes. That's 100% right there, Petey. Yeah. 100%. I'd believe him. I don't know for sure. I think that he worked with other people. Like right. He wasn't the he um, wasn't the main. He wasn't the lead right. effects supervisor. I don't know for sure. But I All right, write us in out. and tell us if you know. Give us the full history. You want to report? <laughs> when can Kong come out? Like, you know that we're probably going to look this up. A thousand on pages. IMDb. Yeah, and then cut it out if we're wrong. <laughs> True. Uh, Petey, final thoughts or what, uh, what do you want anything else? Final you thoughts say? are borrow it from someone. <laughs> are we doing buy it, borrow it, yeah, burn buy, it? Is that is that buy our rating it, system? It, burn it. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a borrow it. <laughs> I think I took that from IGN. Bar- a a borrow it, and then if you like it, definitely buy it because the cop- yeah. the edition is really nice. Yeah, IDW right now, I would say, is king of hardcover production. The it is the packaging is very yeah. nice. It's just a nice. Their artist editions, the Martini edition of Parker, they put out. They are killing it right now. It's one of those books you just want to hold. Yeah. yeah, it just feels nice. I actually That's rather nice. like when hardcover. Are there's no um, sleeve book sleeve? Yeah, like I like it for comic books at least. Like yeah. I like it. Yeah, think, I'd man? say yeah. I mean, aside from being offended by the female characters in this <laughs> book or how they're written, 
I, I will say the first two issues I was very turned off by Betty in that like, I was like, God, this is I pissing me off. That. But once the dinosaurs break out and they're like rampaging <laughs> through and then and you know, and then she's not really in it to like yeah. harp on Cliff. Um it's just super cool, it's adventurous. Uh so I, I'd say I wouldn't say buy. I don't know if I could recommend you just straight out buying it, uh-uh. but you should you should read it because it's. Uh, I'm gonna use it. It's fun. Fun. I give it. Yeah, I give it like three and a half jetpacks out of five. <laughs> yeah, I give three and a half jetpacks. Yeah. Oh, also, there's jetpacks in the story. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh-huh. Stories are at least. 20% cooler. Yeah, I mean, jetpack. there's jetpacks and dinosaurs, so like... Because while I love the character of Cliss Seacord and the jetpack is just bonus, there are other characters that I like just because they have jetpacks. Like, Boba Adam Fett. Strange? I don't... What is Adam Strange like? I don't know. But he has a jetpack, jet and sometimes he has a bubble helmet, and yeah. that's fucking awesome. Boba Fett? Um, yeah, Boba Fett? There you go. Mm-hmm. Even Django Fett. <laughs> I, I will stand up for him because he has a jetpack jet <laughs> and a rocket comes out of it at one point oh real quick speaking <laughs> of jetpacks how the master dies I thought was kind of cool and slightly ridiculous yeah it was pretty good he dies because the rocketeer has a radio control uh-huh. button for oh, yeah. the rocket yeah. it's for the folks at home super spoilers um, <laughs> so if you don't want to know how he dies stop listening stop um, listening 10 minutes ago before we said well and then he's like holding on to it and the Rocketeer just lets loose with the button yeah. so he goes flying around and burns up. But then he's not dead yet. No. And I don't get his why did he go back to the rocket pack? It's like laying on the ground, everything's on fire. <laughs> and he crawls back over to it to like <laughs> grab it again and the Rocketeer just goes, Well and then hits the button yeah. and then, yeah. and then kills him. <laughs> if he had a dream of dinosaurs with jetpacks, he wouldn't let it go. True. Very true. But I thought it was yeah. cool, a cool way to go. I'm out. kind of obsessed with that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my new evil plan you guys so, if, a, if a crate of dinosaurs goes missing yeah Brian West and also person you a, want to ask. also a crate of jetpacks at the same time uh huh <laughs> yeah my final thoughts obviously I like this probably more than both you guys it was one of my favorite things that came out last year it's really fun I usually don't find myself reading books right after I finished reading them but just as when I had the single issues even I read those you know twice through at least, um, and now having the hardcover, I've read this a couple times. I really love it. I think that uh, it's awesome, and I think that everyone should buy it. So, so how many jetpacks are you giving it? Oh, I'm giving it five out of five, five jetpacks. <laughs> it's a lot of jetpacks. And each jetpack is ignited. And strapped to a dinosaur. <laughs> strapped to a fucking <laughs> dinosaur. Five dinosaur jetpacks. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. If you read the book, tell us what you thought about it. Tell me that I'm not alone in my deep and passionate love for this book. Go to our website, optic-media.com slash podcasts. You can drop us a message on there, let us know what you thought of the book, or find us on Twitter at OpticBlastCast. Join us next month, we will discuss Marvels by Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross. Until then, I am Brian West. Miguel Silva. Pedro Silva. Goodbye, gentle readers. Bye-bye. Adios.
You savage fuck. Okay. Savage fuck. <laughs> Ready? <laughs>